Here we go then. Welcome everybody to the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number 181. I'm your usual host, Jared, and I am joined today by Mr. Trevor Bowles. Hey, how's it going? I have Mr. Doug Wilson. That's me. And that's it. That's all I got. And now, Full party. Now we'll talk about stuff. Uh, all the things that we wish. It's actually a, a pretty light week uh, in this uh, lead up to PAX. You guys looking forward to, to PAX West? Both of you will be Yo. there. Mm-hmm. It's gonna sure be fun. I am. First time ever doing something like that. First time for both of you, I think. Um, cool. So it, hey, whoa, whoa! I've been to Salt Lake Gaming Con. I think I've been to a con. That's <laughs> true, actually. That's true. I don't know what I'm. I don't know what I'm thinking there. Uh, so I mean, you're going to be just fine. Um, I, PAX is a little bit of a different beast. There's um, multiple floors and like booths and things to see and um, like real, real uh, large companies there. So I mean, there will be some exciting changes. But at the end of the day, you're you're right. It doesn't really hold a candle uh, to the What's the word I'm looking for? The heart of the Salt Lake Gaming Con? I think there's... Uh, well, is, is there someone there who can answer me, answer the question of who did the the music for Shadow Babble? <laughs> Ghost, Ghost Babble. It was, it was Ghost, Ghost Babble. Babble. I think we've already told this story on the podcast, but it never gets old. Um, it was Lord Zed, right? Yeah. This little kid dressed as Lord Zed. And... Oh, he wasn't a kid. I'm pretty sure he was almost a full-grown man. Um, I just watched a video today uh, that was a clip from uh, Back to the Future panel. It, uh, one of the Comic Cons, I, th- I think it might have been San Diego this year. And uh, this like 30-year-old man dressed as Robin, and not like a cool Robin, like, like a lame like TV show Robin, uh, gets up and asks Christopher Reeves if uh, if Raul Julia hadn't died, would they have made another Adams Family movie? And you, you can see, like, <laughs> you can see Christopher Reeves just doesn't even. In fact, I think he even says he's like, I really don't know how to answer that. Um, and then he proceeds to ask him if he's aware that they're making a real time machine and that it will be coming out soon. Um. And then his uh, his final question is he asks Christopher Reeves if... Uh, or it's not Reeves. I keep saying Reeves. It's Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. I was really confused. I was like, why is Superman? <laughs> yeah, Christopher Reeves... Uh, well, and so he, Christopher Reeves is actually dead, so he, it would be a really awkward conversation. Yeah. Um, but uh, then he asks... His, his final question is he asks him uh, if he watches The Nostalgia Critic. Do you guys even know who that is? No, I've heard of him, but I've never I don't think I've ever watched any. So of it. like you don't even know what are the odds Christopher Lloyd is watching his YouTube channel? <laughs> probably probably pretty little. high. Yeah, I'm actually <laughs> right. It, it, it could be. It could, it could be happen. Crazy. It could happen. Uh, but anyway, I, I just I got to I got a kick out of that. It's it's uh, it's worth watching if you want to see just someone make a complete fool of themselves. But it's it's funny because it's always a. It's a mentality that always exists at panels where people like just assume because someone was involved in a project that they know like every yeah, intimate every detail. part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every fan page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they're reading the internet and like that they it's so funny right. because the, the people who are in like Game of Thrones, for example, they don't give a shit about Game of Thrones the way that like fans do. Well, you don't know that, but they they they're definitely not like the people there. They you don't know that they're on Reddit or that they're you know going through and reading all the you know speculation and everything like they don't give a shit about that they already know right right well or like they don't you know it was a job and the job's over and i uh-huh. i think it was ramsey bolton the the actor who plays him I, I watched an interview with him and he said that now that he was off the show he didn't watch it anymore 
No, really. Because, like, whatever. Uh, yeah. So he's got other things to do. But I, I just think that's kind of interesting. And maybe once you've acted in something like that, maybe it, like, kills the magic. And you can't, like, uh, you can't... Seen behind the veil. Yeah, sort of. Like, you can't you can't see it or view it in the same light, maybe. Mm-hmm. You can't... It's, yep. it's less threatening when Cersei is actually probably really nice in real life. And <laughs> Yeah, like, you, oh. you just see your friend Lena Headey. Or, like, maybe you had an awkward encounter with someone on the cast. Or maybe there's a guy who's, like, a dick. Sam's, like, a giant pervert. Sam's just, like, a huge pervert. He's just... <laughs> He's always sending like super inappropriate texts. He's aggressively hitting on uh, Sansa or well, I can't remember her name. Um, Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner. Yeah. Or Macy Williams. Oh yeah, let's oh. let's make him a real creeper. <laughs> but she's of age, right? Even though she still looks like she's I think so. Twelve. I think she is. Uh, yeah. I think but she turned eighteen like while making the show, right? Right, yeah. right, yeah. So but like, I think she's like nineteen now, so she's been of age for a little while. She's she's actually twenty. Wow. Um, so born in 1997, so she doesn't remember 9-11 very well. No. And she's, uh, British, so she doesn't care anyway. Yeah, she, she doesn't, she said, what? Who gives a shit about that? It doesn't sound like a big deal. 9-11? What's that? <laughs> yeah, like that. It was like a mix between British and, uh, Australian. Hey, good day, mate. Good <laughs> I'm Macy you, you Williams. Your, your towers fell down. Crikey. Put another shrimp on the barbie. I love it. It's perfect. Um, not a lot going on in the uh, in the world of games uh, lately, but there are a few little things that I wanted to uh, maybe talk about or touch on a little bit. And um, one of them is this game that came out today, and Lucio's the one playing it, so none of us are actually going to have really in- any insight on it, but we can talk about the game itself next week. Um, but it's from, uh, I believe it's Team Ninja's uh, new game. And uh, it's kind of a, what's the word that I'd use here? It's a departure for them, but it's called Hellblade. Uh, I can't say the main character's name, but but Senwa, Senu- Senua's Sacrifice. Um, and it's this odd game uh, set in the Viking ages about this like Celtic warrior who... I don't she's she's like haunted by her past or, or her dead like lover or something like that. And so a lot of the game like takes place in her mind as you like fight through her thoughts and stuff. And um, Lucio can probably better explain that next week. But what I wanted to talk about actually was this mechanic that the game had uh, or at least that people have reported that the game has uh, where basically they were saying it has a uh, permadeath mechanic wherein um, early on the character's arm gets like infected by this black ooze or something. And every time you die, that ooze like spreads a little bit. And if you die too many times, it'll take over and, um, and, and then it will, the game will delete your save and, and make you start over again, basically. Um, have you heard any of this, Trevor? Or is this all news to you? Totally news. What do you think of something like that? I mean... What you said sounds pretty bizarre. I'm not too sure that I fully comprehend what's going on. It sounds like one of those Japanese games that Jade describes, and I'm just like, <laughs> I have no clue what's going on. So let me let me maybe phrase it like this. You've played like Devil May Cry, right? You remember those games? I didn't play that one, no. Or um, what's a what's another? Help me, Doug. What's a game that's similar? Uh, Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden. No, didn't um, play that one. There was that Shinobi remake that's kind of similar. Nope. Um, oh, they're action like RPG kind of beat 'em up what kind about, of stuff. What about Bayonetta? 
Nope. Oh, really? I don't play. That's one thing that that you guys all play that I am just very far removed from is any type of those just like I don't know Japanese games action in brawlers. general. They're really they're really yeah. like combo and and uh, combat oriented. Um, uh, there was like Heavenly Sword and Enslaved back in the day, and I, I struggle to think of any others. Devil May Cry is definitely like the. I know original. Devil May Cry and Bayonetta. I mean, I know them. Not, I don't. I've never you know played them. You know that style of game, though. Yeah, it's kind of like. Uh, isn't that kind of like what um, that Metal Gear Solid one where you were riding with a sword just mm-hmm. dashing around everywhere? Yep, kind of like that. Metal Gear Rising is a great platinum. Yeah, uh, platinum and like Team Ninja are like the two big companies that make those kind of games. So Platinum's one of them. Did you play Metal Gear Rising or you just also know about no. it? <laughs> I know about that one and I watched somebody play for like five minutes and I was like, no, this is not for me. Mm, fair enough. Um, well, imagine one of those games and now imagine that if you die enough times, the game will delete your save and make you start the whole thing over. Like, uh, blanking out on that super popular game that everybody plays where you're like, you know, a knight. You run through dungeons and shit. Dark Souls. Dark Souls. Yeah, there you go. Dark yeah, Souls. but Dark Souls, you don't, you don't, your save's not gone. You just die and you. Can oh, like the whole your... thing resets. Yeah, it's like hardcore Diablo. Yeah. So the next time you boot the game up, it's as though you never launched the game. Basically, um, kind I... of, kind of like a roguelike sort of. Um, uh huh. Except, except it's not a roguelike. Like the game doesn't right. change. The next time you play it, it's going to be exactly the same as the as the next time you play it. Interesting. There was. Uh, Good. What what are your thoughts on it, Doug? I mean, I, I mean, if what I, I mean, it'll depend on Lucio, but I I've heard that it's just like this is an incredibly short game, isn't it? Like only thirty bucks too. It's only thirty so it's, bucks. It's an eight hour game, which um, eight hours. See, I, I I was under the impression it was like four, uh, and so yeah, if your save was gone, you're really not out that much. Yeah, but eight hours and you don't and you can never die or whatever. That's pretty decent right well i mean if it was like a 40 hour game it's like fuck 38 hours in oh yeah that's that's definitely true um well so before we i i'll i'll finish the the story about hellblade in just a second because it has a surprise twist ending um but uh first i want to kind of deviate here and and talk about this because i was thinking about this and i was i was thinking about um the nature of giving up on video games which is something that i do uh with relative frequency like i have such a backlog and so many of them that oftentimes like the slightest inconvenience is enough to, to make me quit. You can't even hit the a button to hit new game. Yeah. Like, Ugh, I got, no. to, I got to that part in call of duty where you have to put your hand on the casket to say goodbye to your friend. And I was like, no, I just, I don't have time. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, it happens to me too. I mean, it's like in horizon zero dawn, it was fun and I really enjoyed it. I, I mean, I still think that it can still contend for like game of the year, but at a certain point I was like, I get it. Like I, I, I don't really, the story isn't as compelling as it needs to be for me to continue playing. And mm-hmm. I've got the gist of it. It's really fun. I, there's tons to do. I don't doubt tons of people finished it, but it's not but like I, I gave up. So was it, um, was it just kind of like you saw the loop and like what you're doing yeah. over and over again? And then, it just wasn't enough like paired with the story to make you continue kind of exactly. Yeah. It's sort of actually what Doug was saying where like you saw behind the veil, right? Like you, yeah. you see uh, if Jay was here, he'd be really happy that I'm using this expression. You saw how the sausage was, was made and then you weren't, <laughs> That's right. you weren't really interested in it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, what about you, Doug? What makes you quit 
uh, a, a game? Um, for games that like I, I at least initially enjoy, I, I think a lot of it is just like the the loop. Just I'm I'm done with it. Like I realize that I've I've kind of gotten to the the power level that I want, and I've still got like hours and hours to go mm-hmm. of just the same. And it, it can sometimes it can be a really good loop, but I've just been playing it like especially for long games. It's you know after forty hours at some point it's it's just enough, and yep. I, I can't make that final hurdle to finish the the game. So like it doesn't always happen, but it it happens pretty frequently. And in, in games, I'm not a hundred percent engaged in like Dark Souls. It doesn't happen to me. I, I can finish a Dark Souls game, mm-hmm. but games that I like, I kind of like, but don't love, it's harder for me to completely finish. See, and I know. Yeah, you, oh, go ahead, Trevor. I was gonna say, you know, it's actually interesting you say that. I want to play Dark Souls. Like, I want. Like, I've actually never played a Dark Souls, so I I don't know about it specifically. But I did play Bloodborne. And Bloodborne was incredibly fun, but I got to a point in that game where I don't know if I just sucked at the mechanics. It's, 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 I mean, it was that I sucked at the mechanics, but, you know, I watched one of my friends. He came over and beat one of the bosses that I could not get past, and he beat it first try, never even played the game. But it was so much like Dark Souls, and he had played all of them that he was able to just crush this boss with no problem whatsoever. Um, and that game, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore because there's like a certain breaking point where I'm like, I am not, I'm obviously not good enough to play this and I'm not going to continue smashing my face into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's, there's a, there's a point where the challenge, it stops being fun and it just becomes frustrating. And right. it's just like, why am I playing this? Yeah. Right. Like you're, you're more agitated by the game than, than enjoying the game. Like, yeah. But it's one of, but it's weird because it is one of those games where I want to enjoy it, but I just, I can't because I suck. That's, that's a really extreme example because it's really one of the only games that is that hardcore is that whole Dark Souls, you know, Bloodborne kind of series. But, um, that, that does happen from time to time, you know? Maybe, um, I, I don't know if you'll be able to identify with this at all, Trevor, but um, for me, similar things happen in uh, Monster Hunter, where mm-hmm. like there'll be a gear set that I want, and I'm like, oh, that's so cool, and like it looks so badass, and I'll work really hard to get it, and then I'll get it, and then I don't play the game anymore. Like, <laughs> right? I don't actually because you got it. I don't actually yeah. take like the cool gear and go and use it or anything. I'm just like, yeah, okay, I got it, yay. Right. Yeah, Monster Hunter, um, I definitely can relate to that. You know, for me, Monster Hunter was definitely one of those unachievable kind of games where I was really having a hard time, you know, uh, progressing. But the great thing about Monster Hunter, especially the more recent series and the older ones, too, you just had to play on land. But with the newer ones, you can play online and you can get people to carry you and or just even the teams make it so much better. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the gear thing, I never was a gear junkie in those games. I wanted to beat the different you know monsters that's what my goal was that's what i played for is to be all the different monsters Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i I get that but i know what you're saying i know what you're saying just kind of it's kind of like wow actually for me once i got the gear set i'm like well why do i need to play this anymore i'm the most powerful i can be oh yeah once i got that once i got that helmet where it's all black except your eyes i was like well yeah well i'm done i did it was that like tier two i think back (laughs) way back when right yeah pretty much once my guy looked cool and then i didn't want to keep going because he'd look less cool so yep that's the end of me um funny enough uh i I get where you guys are coming from with the loop but what makes me quit a game more than anything else actually is uh having to repeat content i've already experienced um and i see it mostly in games where like the checkpoint system isn't very forgiving 
or if something happens and like my save gets corrupted and I get pushed back, if I lose like an hour of progress in a game, that's usually like a deal breaker. Like that's enough for me to be like, mm, nah, I just because usually it means I just went through some kind of like sequence that I didn't particularly enjoy or had a hard time with. And um, most of the time I don't want to do that again. But if I get like really punished with death in a game and that's what makes me recoil when I hear about this, this feature in Hellblade is um, if I made it seven hours into that game and I died and it deleted my save, I would never play that game again. Like, You're trading that game into GameStop. Well, you can't. This one's digital only. Oh, well, so, that's smart. <laughs> yeah, that was, <laughs> that was a good idea on their part. Well, it, it would be. Um, and before we, before we come back to that, uh, follow-up question. Um, do you guys know of any instances where permadeath was done and done like well and the game was better for it? I think Diablo. So is that like a, a super? I, I I actually can't stand Diablo. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. Is that like a super high difficulty level in it? Or yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Uh, it's called a uh, hardcore mode. Um, you can play it, and uh, it, it's uh, I I want to say it's only in the most recent like Diablo three, but I could be wrong. I wasn't a big I wasn't a big uh, Halo um, two junkie. I played it, but I wasn't like a big junkie. Dia- Diablo two junkie. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't a big Diablo 2 junkie. And I didn't play much of Diablo 3, but I did enjoy that. It made the game more fun because that's a game where you're kind of just like rolling through crushing monsters and and with your friends, you know. And there's a point where it gets pretty easy, really. And so having that threat of, oh, shit, if I die, I'm, I lose everything was really nice. It was it, it really made the game a lot more fun. So hmm. that's interesting. I actually wouldn't yeah. have considered that one. What about you, Doug? Can you think of any permadeath examples? Uh, not. I, I really am not a huge fan of permadeath. I mean, obviously, if you know, like with roguelikes, they're kind of built in with that kind of mentality, and and so that that's fine for the most part because you know it, it's intended that you're going to die and kind of have to restart your progress. But I think the roguelikes that I don't like to really play are when like all your progress gets wiped away. Right. It's so, right. like I, I can stand a roguelike if you know I can go through a level and at least get some measured progress toward like making my character a little stronger the next run. You keep your but gear if, and stuff like yeah, that. Right. Or like, you know, I get some upgrades that stay with me. But if, if I lose everything, then I'm I'm not gonna play that roguelike for very long. It's kind of like in Dark Souls, it means a lot to me that you get to keep like your inventory when you die. Um yeah. because I'll have moments what? in that game where I just run to like loot and just try to gather up as much as I can and uh, then hope that that will help me in some way. Yeah, with Dark Souls, I mean, you know, once once you've committed your souls to a level, to leveling up, I mean, you don't lose that. You don't lose levels. What about uh, what about XCOM, where you can straight up lose the game? I'm I'm a little more forgiving of that one since you're not. I mean, it, it's kind of you're losing one tiny character. You're like losing a piece of it, which you can get back. So unless you're absolutely atrocious, you're you're probably okay. Well, but in in the original XCOM or, or like the the original remake, that sounds weird. But in the first XCOM, um, you can like get into a position where you can't beat the game anymore, can't you? Uh, yeah, I think if if the overworld you're you're very poor on, um, you can kind of fuck yourself over. Which I I, I guess I I'm good enough at playing it that I never encountered that. But I could see how that'd be very very frustrating so for a person too. who's not nearly they're very good. Maybe it's like, well, who cares? It's not a problem I have to deal with. Yeah. That's fortunate, at least. I um, heard XCOM's good, though. 
It is. Uh, it's frustrating. I'm trying to. I I bought the second one in the Steam Summer Sale, and I just cannot get past like the second level. <laughs> oh. I can get past it, but not without losing like two guys, and I don't want to lose two guys. But man, that that game is brutal. Like, there's. It really feels like a lot of it is just a no-win situation where there's nothing that you can do about it. You're just gonna get fucked no matter what. Yeah, when I played too, I mean, I, I actually did mods to kind of loosen the timer restrictions because I, I that's one thing I actually can't stand in game is, is sometimes time limits on certain things. Mm-hmm. It put it puts me off a, a lot of times depending on on the type of game I'm playing. Well, and I think that was a comment uh, that Jay made about Hellblade was that the game didn't actually really have hard combat. So you were into the high risk of dying a lot and, and having your save deleted. But there were some sections of the game that were timed that proved to be more difficult. Um, but do you guys want to hear the exciting twist ending to this story? Yes. Of course. Uh, it turns out that despite numerous outlets, and I should mention Lucio, if you're listening to this, this could be construed as a spoiler, uh, for Hellblade. So, um, you may want to skip forward a little bit here. Um, but it turns out that uh, at least one outlet actually did some testing and found out that there is no permadeath, that it doesn't delete your save. Uh, and they filmed a YouTube video of them dying 50 times and their save was not deleted. Um, so basically, I, I don't know if the game tells you that it will delete your save or like where this idea came from. I don't know if it was like a, something that someone said in PR or how it came about. Every single reviewer pointed it out, and some of them even docked the score of the game for it. And then it turns out it's not even like a real feature. Good job, everybody. <laughs> so anyway, I just thought that was uh, kind of interesting or, or kind mm-hmm. of kind of a funny thing. So once again, Enemy Slime triumphs by not reporting on anything. Uh, By not getting a game before the <laughs> before it actually releases, we, we, we wound up we wound up being the most correct um, by extension of not having it. So thought that was pretty good. Um, what other uh, things are going on? Not like I said, not a lot of news uh, happening. I know that um, what was uh, the Gears of War guy? What's his stupid name? Cliff Blazinski. Cliff Blazinski. Uh, his new game came out, um, but I don't think any. Oh, did that come out? Lawbreakers. Yeah, Lawbreakers is out. Um, Interesting. It actually, it looks pretty fun. It it looks like a pretty good time, uh, and it's actually doing pretty well on Steam. It's got a pretty uh, pretty high review. It's not really my kind of game because um, it's an all multiplayer title, and as as we've discussed before, uh, I I don't like losing. Uh, uh-huh. And so I don't like playing against other people because I'll often lose. Uh, but having said that, it, it looks like a pretty interesting game. I don't know if it'll pick up or if it'll if it'll you know kind of gather an audience, but uh, it'll be interesting to see if it does. Uh, but I played a game that I know you guys are th- going to be thrilled to talk about uh, called Tacoma. And uh, actually, funny enough, Hellblade is kind of a similar game to Tacoma. Uh, in that it, despite having some combat and some puzzles, uh, it's really a game where the story is kind of the whole point and everything else is just sort of, you know, tacked on additionally. And, does that have permadeath? Uh, Tacoma does not have permadeath. <laughs> Tacoma, <laughs> uh, Tacoma does not have death death. Uh, it, uh, it, it is a um, 
So you guys remember Gone Home? Did either of you play Gone Home? No, uh, I know again. I know, I know it though. But you know it. Um, Gone Home was relatively controversial uh, in its time. Um, it was basically like uh, not only was it a game where you don't really do anything. Uh, it's a game that has this big setup for a ghost story. And if you haven't played Gone Home now, I'm going to ruin it for you. And it turns out it's actually just a story about lesbians. Um, Ooh. Oh, dang. I, Let I me know. buy that game. So actually, maybe that's a twist that you like. Maybe, yeah. Maybe you're more interested now. Uh, Hot lesbians. Mm, I don't know about that. I don't even know if you're. <laughs> I don't even know if you actually see the lesbians. Uh, what? Well, aside what from what like, game is this? Aside from like, I, in thought, a photo. I thought lesbians were gonna be like hooking up on it or something. No, you're just reading like the lesbians' diary. Oh, I see. They were in the firehouse or whatever and died. You're no, <laughs> not even that. The lesbians are fine. There's a uh, the the big the big thing with the the big controversy with Gone Home that was that it basically like sets you up as like you're walking into your family home and it's abandoned and nobody's around and there's thunder and lightning outside and it's this creepy environment and you it feels like there's this lead up to finding out that there's like a ghost. Um, but instead, what it really is is you you read your sister's diaries and she kind of tells this story about how she's. Um, you know, realized that she's that she's gay and and she uh, met this girl that she thinks she likes and her parents don't approve and they wind up uh, leaving together and that's the end of the story. Um, well, that's sweet. <laughs> it is sweet, uh, but a lot of people didn't like it because not because they had problems with with homosexual relationships. Although I'm sure some of the critics have gone home probably take that up as their issue, but more so because it kind of pulled the rug out from under them and has this big twist that, that not everybody liked. Um, personally, I enjoyed the game. Uh, I don't know if it was worth like the initial asking price that it, that it had, but uh, I played through it all like in one sitting on a Saturday and uh, I remember really, you know, really enjoying it. Um, I'm kind of interested in any, any game that, pushes storytelling to the front because I think that it's a unique avenue for it. And long story short, Tacoma is uh, the sequel, not the sequel to Gone Home, but the, the second game from the same developer, uh, mm -hmm. Fulbright. And this is a little bit different. It takes place on board a spaceship uh, or a space station and, uh, and features this uh, cast of characters that basically wind up in a disaster scenario where there's an explosion on the ship and they're losing oxygen and uh, they, they realize that their uh, company that they work for is likely not going to get to them in time. And so they decide to basically try and escape themselves. Um, and it's, uh, it's kind of an interesting uh, take on it. I guess, let me, let me start here. What's your guys' tolerance level for, uh, for a walking simulator? Trevor, I'm guessing... Zero. Never would bother, right? Right. What about you, Doug? Mm, pretty low it's got to have a pretty good story and i'm probably gonna have to have someone else buy it for me <laughs> <laughs> so like uh so like dinner date basically yeah d dinner dinner date like if it was a, if maybe a follow-up to dinner date i mean telltale games i'm already kind of i've i've stopped playing because i because they've, they've slowly become walking simulators. Yeah, to some there's, there's very little game and there's very little choice in, in those games, so I don't really care to play them anymore. I just saw the new Batman came out today. Like, I feel like they just... A new, a new episode? Well, Wait, like the, a, a second season. They're, they're doing a whole other oh. season of Batman. Um, they're pumping these games out at such a rapid yeah. clip. They can't be doing them all right. 
Oh, and they're not apparently. Well, if if, if the first Batman was any indicator, yeah, they're they're probably not uh, probably not doing a good job. I don't know. The Steam reviews are really high, but I don't I don't even really know what to say or trust or or believe in. in... I feel like there's a lot of people that are still enamored with the concept, despite the fact that I don't. I don't understand how they could be. I'm very enamored by it, and I would be thrilled to play a game where someone does it right. Um, I would love to play a four to five hour standalone title where every choice I make has like a huge impact on how the game plays out. And now that I describe this, I realize I'm just describing Heavy Rain. Um, so, I, so, so I guess I would just like them to make Heavy Rain... Uh, Maybe not like that, but if there were more games like that, I would I would be a little more interested uh, than. Good than thing you've got though. Detroit Too Human or whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Uh, <laughs> nothing. David Cage makes. Is that is that ever coming out? Or did it come out? Um. Oh, when does it come out? Uh, Detroit. It's Detroit Become Human, right? Yeah, something it's, like that. Yeah. It's about the riots in Detroit, right? Uh, no. <laughs> oh, I know that's a movie. <laughs> it comes out. It comes out in 2018. Oh, okay. Who is it starring? Who was like their big? Because uh, it's starring an actor from uh, Grey's Anatomy. Is that what who it is? She looks familiar. Oh, the girl. I don't know the girl. The girl's from a shitty Fox show called The Following. <laughs> <laughs> the Kevin Bacon one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But the like the antagonist guy, he's from Grey's Anatomy. Oh, this game is going to be great. You're right, Doug. This is basically the game I want. So someone <laughs> someone is making it and it's coming soon. Um well, I won't uh I won't bore you guys with uh with too much info about Tacoma, but I will just kind of let you know that if you're not won over by the genre, uh this is Definitely not the game to make you uh, change your mind. It, it's it's probably, I mean, it's very much more the same. It's $20. It's about two and a half hours. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Where do, you, where do you guys fall on the, on the value perspective? Would you pay $20 for a two and a half hour game? It would have to be super I mean, fun. Yeah, I mean, I would, but not for that type of game. Is there anything that you can think of that had like that kind of... Uh, that kind of effect on you where it was like a high price with a low play time? Uh, Transistor. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, Transistor's like... It a... wasn't two hours, but it was still pretty short pretty short playthrough time. Yeah, both of uh, both of Supergiant's games are uh, relatively short. Yeah, in the... Bastion was pretty short too. Yeah, I remember finishing Bastion pretty quickly. I um, want to say Transistor, at least for me, Transistor, I'm pretty sure was shorter than Bastion. You might be right, uh, and I'm sure it also depends on how you play it and, and that. Kind yeah. Of stuff. What about you, Doug? Can you think of any exceptionally short titles that you? I don't think I could. I, I'm very price conscious when it comes to games. It ha- like if for for that kind of money, it'd have to have like a multiplayer party component that I'd you know play with people over at my house. Well, and you're like our you're like our renter too, so you'll go out and you know like oh yeah, I'll, I'll red box I'll like I'll occasionally red box the COD games and bang those out in a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just get them get them done. You um, know, the question I was going to have is where the fuck do you rent games? But I forgot about Redbox. I didn't know that was a thing. They're actually not bad sometimes too. Like they yeah they don't take long to get some some good stuff usually. Right. And uh, because you can search it on, this isn't a red box commercial, by the way, but because you can search it on their site, you can usually like find, you know, something that you can still drive to, to like get what you want. 
Right. So it's uh, it's actually a pretty pretty smart way to play stuff now. As long as you're not forgetful. Uh, if, if you're forgetful, you can get into a lot of trouble and wind up buying something anyway. For all intents and you rent, You're going to rent COD for an afternoon, forget to turn it in, and then boom, you bought COD. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> uh, whoops. Oh, well. That's how it goes sometimes. Um, but anyway, Tacoma is, uh, like I said, not, not going to change anybody's mind, but it does have kind of a, uh, what I thought was a, a little interesting. So you'll walk into like an area of the spaceship and the idea is this disaster has happened and you're kind of there to clean up basically. So you're, you're coming in after everything's already gone wrong and, um, you come across these records that you can play. And, uh, when you, when you play them, they actually will have like holograms of all the main characters appear in the room and you basically watch them play out this scene uh and so you can see like it'll tell you like this record was 14 hours ago on the ship and this is when like the um the asteroid like very first hit the ship and everybody was panicking about it and uh it's uh it's kind of interesting like like characters come and go and so you follow them around the ship and try and kind of catch all their dialogue and see what they're doing um, but if you're not interested in the story, this is it, it's not going to be able to keep your attention like at all because you have to go through like a little bit of work to like follow people and make sure that you're rewinding and like watching from a different angle and stuff like that. So um, there's more gameplay than a traditional uh, walking simulator. Like there's more stuff to do, uh, but it still is entirely contingent on. Uh, you you know following it really closely and and being interested in it. It's really story driven, right? Super super story. I mean, there's nothing else to it really. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of flavor stuff. You'll encounter a lot of logs that are not related to like the core disaster. It, most of them are just people like hanging out in their room, and you'll get a sense for like what kind of music they listen to or what they do in their spare time, and you can read their emails. And there's a lot of stuff like that to explore. So if you're interested in exploring just a spaceship and and reading you know, pulling letters out of the trash and reading them and, and that kind of stuff, then then you're going to be interested. Um, but if you if you don't care, it, it's certainly not going to uh, not not going to work, really. Um, I could just read a book if I really wanted to do that. I guess you could by by some uh, reasoning. You get um, the uh, novelization of Tacoma. <laughs> they um, have Kindles, too, if you really like to read it on a screen. It might exist, actually. It might be might be coming. Um, I mentioned this last week in the pre-show, but I'll, I'll mention it here. Uh, and this isn't necessarily a complaint, but it is just kind of a, a funny thing that I noticed, which is that uh, the cast of Tacoma is very strategically uh, diversified. Uh, they made sure to... Hyper, hyper-diversified. Hyper-diversified. They made sure to include like one of everybody. Um, I think there's six crew members in total, and I think 50% of them are gay. Um no one's white. There's not. Well, no. What, uh, the one of them is white, but but she's also like, and, and so here's what I'll say. Um, I'm a bigger guy. It's nice to see fat people finally represented in games. Uh, you know, people <laughs> hey, talk. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You had the bomber guy from Metal Gear Solid Two. People, people talk all the time about how they how they don't want. Uh, you know, they they don't want like, or they they want to be represented in games. You know, women say I want to be in games, and black people say I want to be in games. But the fat man never gets to have his say and say how he wants to be in games. Um, but finally, somebody has made it a reality. Because uh, at least 
at least one character is morbidly obese <laughs> and uh uh another one's just just regular old thick um just so, a thick boy yeah she's it's a she both of the fat nah. people are women uh none of the men are fat so uh take that how you will but um but yeah so anyway we're we're rock solid on uh, on a cast if you if you are anything other than a white male, there should be someone on the ship that represents you. Um, Damn so, it. Sometimes Transgender I, Native American. Some, uh, ooh, actually, um, no, there's no Native American. God, games have not, games are just ridiculous. It's the one thing that they fucked up. I'm sorry, Doug. Uh, you can play the original Prey. That had a Native American. You can play uh, Assassin's Creed 3. <gasps> ooh, yeah, that's but true. But then I'd have to play an Assassin's Creed. That, I mean, that part's I'd a bummer. But rather blow my brains out. But everything else is fine. Um, but yeah, very, very diverse cast. Everybody else is represented. So if you are a uh, if you are a a black woman or an, uh, a practicing Muslim, uh, you you should be you know you should find your your fellow you know human on on the Tacoma. I do have to say that. It's a little heavy-handed sometimes in how they've decorated like people's uh, stations. Like the Asian guy has like a, a chi garden and and like chopsticks on his desk. Like it's it's a little shameless sometimes in in trying to show you like this is the Asians' room and you can tell because of how Asian it is. Um, but, so, so I guess wait. wait, wait. Are these like uh, special people? Like they're on a, a very special mission, and they're the best of the best. I, I think I glazed over when you were actually talking about the story. Not really. They're uh, they're just normal people who run the spaceship. Uh, in because fact, I know this is the future, but I still feel like you're not going to have that kind of con- that that diversity concentration. It, it makes it just seem very it feels, phony. It it feels it's very intentional. Like you can you can tell it is, and I'm not. I'm not saying that like they have to uh, they have to, you know, have have white people in it. Um, oh, that's not my thing. It would be, like, I feel like in real life, you're going to have a concentration of, of one or the other. If you're it's going to be a group of, you know, Asians with like maybe a couple other people or it's going to be a group of black people and a couple others. That, that's kind of how the distribution tends to work in real life. I mean, maybe not, it's not a perfectly diverse group of, of people. Maybe, right. maybe the it's never explicitly said, but I guess it could be possible that the parent company explicitly hired for diversity when staffing the ship. Right. So maybe that would make more sense. That's a thing that happens. Um, so maybe they went out of their way to to do something like that. I don't really know. And what's interesting, yeah, like a NASA program that wants a little bit of everything. Yeah, maybe like something like that. But w- what's interesting is at least two of the people on the ship are looking to get off. Um, in fact, you as you go through like their letters, you kind of get a, a sense of how everybody wound up there and and what they were doing before. And there's there's one guy in particular who uh, is is really like doesn't particularly want to be there. Um, it's curious. The ships uh, seem to be geared towards like the the company that runs them seems to be in like a hospitality business. Um, and so your your company that owns the station that you're on, their main competitor is Carnival, like the cruise line company. Uh, except now they run cruises that go through space. Ooh, and, well, that sounds uh, fancy. There's a lot of there's a lot of emphasis on corporations in the game. Uh, Amazon now has like a college, and so does uh, Hilton. And this kind of culture in in this future that they've imagined is you'll go to like 
work for one of those companies and you'll actually go to their university and then like that's where you work forever kind of um like like corporate loyalty is really important and stuff like that um it's kind of an interesting like view of the future that they fleshed out i don't know how realistic it is or likely it is but um, is there a trump you uh no <laughs> donald donald trump does not uh he's tragically omitted from uh tacoma what why is why is it called tacoma uh, that's just the name of the ship. I don't know if they ever explain why that the, sh- the ship is named that. I'm assuming, uh, you know, some kind of relation to the city back on Earth or something like that. Gotcha. Um, you know, because this is a this is a really uh, maybe I shouldn't even say this, but I when I saw the name Tacoma and then I saw the story and I'm like, huh, I'm gonna like Google the word Tacoma and see what the definition is. It's not a word. It's just a name of a city, and so. Then I was like, "Wait a second! I drive a Toyota Tacoma, so they just, it's just a named after the city. There's no meaning to this." <laughs> yeah, I guess it's so. not like even an Indian word. Like maybe, uh, maybe Google couldn't find it. I don't know, but all Google could show me is th- this is a city. It's a noun. Let's like, see, okay. Tacoma etymology. Uh, the name of our city comes from the Native American name for what is now known as Mount Rainier. Others have analyzed the original name Tacoma. Oh, that's right. It's in Washington, huh? Yep. Uh, so it's a Native American name, it sounds like. Um, Does it have a meaning? Uh, meaning she who gives us the waters. Oh, okay, cool. So I just can't Google stuff. That's awesome. Um, that, that makes that makes better. I mean, it's not a not great, but at least it has a meaning. Here's your here's your term for the day, Trevor. Uh, etymology. Uh, yes, that's what that's what you want to. If you search for Tacoma etymology, you get a pretty pretty good explanation. Sounds good. So that's the secret. Secret. Um, but uh, anyway, like I said, I won't. I won't belabor it. Uh, it sounds like neither of you are going to get convinced into picking up Tacoma, so we don't. We don't have to explore that anymore. Um, aside from that, the only other thing that I've been playing is uh, Slime Rancher, which I just barely picked up, and I played about an hour of it. And um, you know, games. Maybe you guys have games like this. You know, games where. You're not really doing anything of note, but time flies by really fast while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, what's something like that for you, Trevor? Anything come to mind? Yeah, like, uh, um, what's that other ranch simulator? Like the Harvest Moon ripoff that was way better. Stardew uh, Valley. Stardew yeah, Valley. Stardew Valley. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, something like yeah. that. What about you, Doug? Anything? Anything melt time for you? Uh, Dark Souls definitely will, but probably like you know the uh, Shadows of Mordor. That was just you know. Simple, yeah. enjoyable, fun. So time just kind of flies oh, by. I got another one. Uh, the um, uh, that uh, oh Jesus, what's the name of it? Um, come back to me. I'll, I'll remember it in a second. <laughs> you just we'll we'll keep going, and then you just shout it out as soon as you think of it. Just be like, oh my god, it was this. Um, but anyway, Slime Rancher is uh, I don't want to say super simple, uh, but the the core concept is pretty simple. It's just one of those games where you start out with basically an empty uh, field and your your goal roller is coaster just tycoon. To, oh, there you go, roller coaster. Yeah, that's tycoon. a good one. Roller yeah. coaster tycoon is a great example, and it's a lot of the same hook where basically you just start out with like this empty thing, and it's like okay, build your uh, build your slime ranch, I guess. And mm-hmm. uh, really simple concept. You just have this like vacuum tool and you run out into the woods. And if you see a slime, you suck it up and uh, you bring it back to your to your ranch and you put it in a cage and uh, you, you check what its diet is and whatever it eats, you feed it that and uh, it'll shit out money 
and then you turn in your money, and the money lets you build more cages, and then you go get more slimes, and that's the game. That's the whole. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Um, there's some there's some complexity to it. I ra- I ran into some trouble. I've only been playing, like I said, an hour, and I already ran into trouble where I collected way too many slimes and put two cages too close together, and these particular ones will like crossbreed into this gigantic slime that will that will like damage me if I get too close to it. Um, and so I had to actually, uh, well, basically I had to kill all the slimes. I, I picked them all up and threw them into an incinerator. Um, so yeah, it's just, it could be a little bit of a, a little bit of a fucked up game, but, uh, I don't know, kind of a, kind of an interesting little title. I'm having fun with it so far. I think there's probably a certain type of person that it appeals to. You made a snide comment, Trevor, about how you knew that I would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. What, why is that what it's just like a it's just like i don't know it just seems like a jared game like it's very passive and and more strict strategy involved than it is about like um like twitch twitch skill that's twitch response that's definitely true i think i'll uh, i'll decipher that it's because you're fucking gay <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair um yeah, it has a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It has a very large sense of, passive was a good phrase for it. Like, I found out that the cages uh, that you build to put your slimes in, you can install, like, an auto-feeder on them so that they'll automatically dispense food to the slimes. And then you can also install something that will automatically pick up the money that the slimes put out. And so at some point, the game becomes kind of like a clicker title, where you're just setting the stuff up so that it's automatically, uh, you know, doing the work for you, and you're basically just loading it up with fuel every now and then uh, while you move on to other things. Um, that's actually a really good comparison for what Slime Rancher feels like. It feels like a clicker game, except with like a world that you can explore and shit to go look at and places to discover. Uh, it's kind of cool. I don't know if you're if you're into that kind of stuff, it might be worth picking up. Otherwise, maybe steer clear. Um, but those are those are my things. What have you guys been playing? What are you doing? Uh, for, for me, I uh, the only uh, I did pick up a new game. I kind of forgot about it. It's okay. Um, it has potential. It's an early access game on Steam called Northgard. Um, you know, I, I I know you guys aren't into these kind of games, but I do like RTS quite a bit. Um, it's always been something that I've enjoyed. Um, and it's a RTS game, early access. It's like a Viking one. Um, it's like a cat in armor. Yeah. Is that the right game? Am I looking at the right thing? Um, there is a clan that has something similar to that. I don't see that in like the on Steam. It's called Northgard. Oh, G-A-R-D. I think that was actually I think that cat was just from like some guy's YouTube channel logo. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's the interesting part about it. So I thought it was going to be like all RTS games where you it's kind of like, you know, like Warcraft, Starcraft or like even something like uh, Company of Heroes or um I don't know, Stellaris or anything like that, where you're, it's the main goal is to like build up your army, but it's not, it's, you can build up an army, not a giant army. I mean, I think like the maximum that I had was like six, nine, 12, 
13 or 14 characters so it's like a really small amount of like army that you can take but the uh it's a it's really cool because there was a reviewer and when i read the review before i bought the game i was like this doesn't make any sense what he's saying but his review says that this is a the top review on uh on uh, steam it says it's a board game and that's really what it feels like when you play it the it's almost like you're playing like a, a version of um of uh Oh, geez. Settlers of Catan. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a video game instead, it's all about there's different win conditions. You can win by trading. You can win by uh, there's this stuff called uh, it's like it's basically like your reputation. They call it something else, but it's basically like reputation. Um you know, that you can build up by doing different things like taking out wolf dens or inspecting, you, you know, you get to one tile and there's like a big old dragon and you kill it and you get a oh, fame. That's what they call it. And you get fame from killing the dragon. Um, there's different stuff like that that you can do. So there's a lot of win conditions, which is really cool, which makes it very board game esque where you can you don't have to win by being you can build an army and go attack the other people and destroy them. Um, I found it to be the hardest way to win. Mm-hmm. Um it's uh, because the army is so small and it takes a lot of time to you have to claim their land, which takes probably like 30 seconds to a minute before it actually even occurs um, once you beat them. And so uh, but, it, you know, it's it's fun. I enjoyed it. The games last probably about 30 minutes to an hour and you can play online against other people if you want to. But it really is just uh, it seems very bare bones. I mean, it is early access, but. Um, it seems very bare bones, really well polished. I mean, the, the gameplay and everything was, was good. Um, you know, it was, uh, the, everything seemed to work. I couldn't see any big glitches that occurred, but, mm-hmm. um, that's the only, only new thing that I've played. I haven't played it for very long, but I do enjoy it. I hope they keep, you know, putting updates and stuff into it and, um, you know, more, more clans and stuff. Each of the clans that you can choose from have, you know, of course, different little special things that they can do. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good game. Did you ever play our Mellow? Does that ring any bells to you? No, I know what you're talking about. Um, I didn't. You might you might dig that one. Um, and I think I own it. So if you ever uh, if you ever find yourself in possession of it, let me know. We can play a game or two of it. But uh, our, our Mellow is much more like a board game. Like it's just straight up a board game. Um, is it turn based? Uh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And it has like a little bit of a Catan element to it. There's like there's like a, you know hexagon layout to like the tiles that right. move around and stuff like that, and um, different win conditions. Like you can win the game, I think, in one of four ways. I don't even remember what all of them are, um, but you can win it through like combat, or you can win it through uh, victory points, or you know a bunch of other uh, bunch of other options. But I remember that one actually being pretty cool and and working out pretty good. Um, what about you, Doug? What are you? What was the last game you played? Uh, I just more Final Fantasy XII. Nothing oh. new. Oh, that's right. Are you any closer to beating it? Uh, yeah, I probably could beat it pretty quickly, but I've just been focusing on finding, you know, the fancy weapons and stuff. I remember. Uh, I remember when I played the original twelve uh, way back when. I remember spending a long time running this particular dungeon back and forth to get like a sword, and it wasn't even a great sword but there was like a chest somewhere that had a chance of dropping it and if it didn't i would just reload my save and then try again was it the zodiac spear maybe it's been so long i feel like i i don't even remember because yeah the zodiac spear was a bitch in the original game like if you opened the wrong chest you're just butt fucked and you couldn't get it unless it was a very super low drop from a, a dungeon 
I didn't get very far in that game though. I was probably at like the halfway point of the game. Mm. Um when I when I quit, when I gave up. Um and it's so funny now because uh I, I don't know if I, I wasn't here when you guys were talking about this on the podcast, but I got stuck in Final Fantasy twelve on a boss who now that I'm older and have just Googled it, um he wasn't even a boss I had to do. He was just optional. Who was it? And I fucking Do you remember? And I fucking quit the game over it. Uh it was the giant Bobom in the forest. Oh yeah, you don't have to take that way. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> so, but I kept kept trying and kept getting killed and I was finally like, fuck this shit and quit playing. I, I, I actually remember that that boss when I first originally played it and he was a pain in the ass. I think I I had to do quickenings and I was really bad at them, so I just like kind of kept my characters alive and did the really crappy damage with quickenings to kill him quickenings were limit breaks in in that game right yeah okay yeah i don't even remember any of that anymore um i just remember like the basics of the combat and that was about it everybody last week sounded like they were pretty down on the combat but i actually if anything i've come to really appreciate it a lot more over time Mm -hmm. i I think it's aged better (laughs) Um, I, I actually, it sounds fun to me. Like I like the gambit system. I I feel like the only problem that it has is like, there's an optimal setup. And so like, you could just go to Google and type in like best gambit setup and then just, Mm. and then just do that. Um, I'm not sure that would always a hundred percent work because if they could throw me so many status debuffs in you that you still have to kind of play, you can't quite auto battle like 13. Mm, Okay. I guess that's true. And you said that there's but, like a fast forward feature now. Oh, fast forward feature is great. Yeah. Like it, our, any sort of RPG like that needs that functionality. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, and funny enough, that was how um, when I when I beat Chrono Trigger, I really don't know if I could have done it had I not been playing it on an emulator and being able to speed it up because I played through most of that game at like double speed. Well, I mean, yeah, I, when you're just grind, like just grinding on itself, being able to go for for speed is is just mm-hmm. immensely more satisfying. Because mm-hmm. yeah. when you when you when you're at the point where you are, you don't really have to worry about dying. Why do I have to keep fighting and watching the same animation over and over and over again? Yeah, I mean that's totally true. I can already feel it a little bit in Persona. Uh, right now, where like I'm kind of getting sick of seeing the same animations and having like the Persona 5 has this thing where you can talk to your enemies. Like if you if you knock them down, you can run up and have a conversation with them and you convince them to like join your party and stuff like that. And I'm already so tired of of doing that stuff. Um like like looking back like Final Fantasy 7, like having to watch Knights of the Round multiple times when <laughs> fighting bosses sounds horrible. Yeah. Uh, that's a fucking, that's like a two minute summon. It's a miserable thing to sit through. And the damage cap of nine nine nine, you're going to be watching that for hours. Yeah, or like uh, eight had a similar thing with like limit breaks, mm-hmm. um, where there were certain bosses who like you you'd get uh, you'd get your character down into low HP so that the limit break would be likely to trigger, and then you'd just keep hitting mm-hmm. you'd keep hitting like circle or whatever until it came up, and um. I remember doing a couple fights like that where I was like, oh my God, this is taking forever. So um, yeah, it's nice to it's nice to have that shit sped up. But all in all, you, you'd still recommend it? Nothing's happened uh, yeah. to change your mind or, or make you uh, make you flip it all? No, I, I think it's great. And I think, I mean, since you kind of get really bored of games, I think if you didn't, I and mean, you can just avoid all the optional stuff because it's not, 
I mean, it's it's still not that that really hard. The main game, as long as you avoid that bomb boss, the main game isn't really that hard. So you could probably really bang it out pretty quickly. Right, right. All right. Well, I mean, that, I'm definitely. I already I already purchased it, but I have no idea when the hell I'm going to play it. Especially now that I discovered Slime Rancher. <laughs> <laughs> That, so many slimes. There's so many slimes to catch. Uh, and they're, they're you know, they're real wacky and they're always jumping out of the cages that I put them in. And uh, it, it's just, it's just quite <laughs> an adventure. pesky little guys. It's just quite an adventure. I, I think that, uh, but Trevor's definitely got me pegged. It's, that's my thing. I, I can, <laughs> I can definitely stand for, in fact, I, I talked a lot of shit on Stardew Valley, uh, particularly when we were doing our game of the year stuff. Um, but the truth is, is like Stardew Valley is totally my kind of game and, uh, I just haven't played it cause I was, I'm holding out for the damn switch port and it looks like it may never happen. Really? They're not going to do it. I'm, I mean, I'm sure it'll happen. Like they've announced it. They've said they're going to do uh-huh. it, but like it, where is it? it it's right. not out. It's uh, cause they're working on the multiplayer update and, and I, I don't know about you, but I feel like that is a giant waste. Mm-hmm. It's not how I, know I some... play it. I know some people like are like, oh, that'd be awesome to play with my friend. That's not what I want to play. That I don't want to play that game with you, Jared. I want to play the game by myself. Isn't it? Yeah. Just, well, and like, I guess the second player doesn't have like a lot of say over what they do. Like, I guess they're they're almost like a slave. Like they can go and like harvest things, but they can't change like the structure of the farm or anything like that. Um, yeah. Like the basic uh, like that game doesn't feel like it lends it to multiplayer. So why why waste the time doing it? Because yep. the internet wants it, and the internet's <laughs> stupid when they don't get what they want. <laughs> I guess. Um, I'm looking at the upcoming uh, games on Nintendo Shop, and I am not seeing Stardew Valley anywhere on there. Oh, wait, here it is. Uh, it says 2017, but that's all they've been able to give. Oh, so. They're running out of months. No, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just about a game over. that's coming out that looks really good. It's coming out, uh, I think, like next week, uh, the 18th, whenever that's coming up. Uh, it's called uh, Absolver. Uh, it's on Steam. It's a, uh, it's like a fighting game, you know, multiplayer fighting game. Oh, um, so it's going to be out before PAX. Yeah, it'll be out before PAX. Oh, I, I hope they are at PAX. Um, I mean, it still could be a thing, but it looks really good. It's a, uh, oh, that's the one that, yeah, that I was telling you guys about. Uh, Devolver, I think is the name of the studio. Yep. Uh, well, it's not a studio. Devolver's the publisher. Uh, oh, okay. I actually think I think it's a one man guy who designed the game, or, or no, they're called uh, Slow Clap. That's what it is. Gotcha. Um, so it is it is a studio. I'm just looking at the credits, and there's uh, one person listed as the director for it. Uh, but yeah, Devolver's publishing it, so I actually think there will be a high probability that it will be at PAX. Um, having said that, you probably will have already played it by then. Well, I guess right. I guess for two days because it comes out two days before we go, so we'll we'll see. Um, but maybe you'll have some some stuff to talk to the developer about or something like yeah. that. Maybe we can do an interview or dig up something like that. So if they're there, we're coming for you. Just so you know, <laughs> this is our warning to you. <laughs> I don't see anything coming out on the Switch that I want. Mario. I mean Mario. Yeah, that's a given. But like, I don't see anything else on here that that I'm particularly interested in. Um, Hollow Knight. When when it happens. Um, oh, actually, Steam World Dig Two. I'm stoked as shit for that game. I played that on the 3DS. That was pretty good. The first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I um, I got really sick at some point. 
uh, and and was like staying home from work for like two days. And I remember picking this up on the 3DS and just blasting through it across that two day mm-hmm. period. And it was it was so good. I loved that game so much. Um, and actually, I, I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, but SteamWorld Heist, which is SteamWorld Heist is pretty good. I, I picked that up a little while ago. It's really good, right? Like, it's a, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, I didn't I stopped playing it, but it was fun while I played it. I did, too. And I actually really don't know why. Um, just, just other things, I guess. So it didn't hold my attention quite like Dig did. Um, Dig has that same like hook that Slime Rancher has where I just want to like get all the stuff and I can totally see when I look at a game like Slime Rancher, I can totally see like the loop and I, I see what I'm doing and I see that I'm basically building towards nothing. But for whatever reason, it just takes me a long time to actually like give a shit about that. Um, just ride the loop till it stops being fun. I really don't mind wasting my my life on it right now. Uh, it just it it's so good at like divvying out really mundane tasks and divvying them out in such a fashion where there's always something to do. Like you're never you're never sitting there being like, what should I do next? Like there you you always are you already have something on your mind because you know the next thing you want to build and where you want to go and that like place that you saw off in the distance, but your inventory was full, so you had to turn around. Like there's there's just a lot of that kind of shit. So anyway, uh, I have a feeling that's going to be worth the twenty bucks, much more so than Tacoma. So there you go, two games, uh, each twenty dollars. Uh, if you have your choice between Tacoma and Slime Rancher, I would probably suggest Slime Rancher so far. So that's my that's my statement of the day. That's Jared's statement of the week. I don't think I have anything. I have one other game I'm looking forward to this year, and I don't think I think. 2017 is out of steam for me. What what is that? Divinity Original Sin two. Okay, what about because uh, I'm I'm here with I'm here with two of my more positive podcast members uh, here. <laughs> so maybe we can have one last discussion here. Um, do you think that microtransactions and ranked gameplay in Shadow of War is the end of the world? No, I don't. I mean, I wish they weren't there, but I don't really care. A ranked online is rather curious. It, it depends on what it is for. That's always my answer for any kind of, you know, microtransactions. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to depend. What is, what is it for? Like, is it pay to make your character stronger? Then no, that's stupid. I don't want that. It but will, if it's, it will. you know. You can, you can buy better gear. Yeah, that's then I won't like it. There'll be uh, they'll be like loot crates and uh, they're kind of like card packs sort of where they're going to. You can you can buy the crates and and get better weapons and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was saying the thing that I was I I don't really want loot in that game at all. Like when I have fond memories of Shadows right. of Mordor, like my memory isn't how much fun I had like comparing the attack power on swords. I want to like take over troll mines. <laughs> That's all I want to do. Is it is it swords? I heard it was just like, you know, orc warriors and stuff like that. And it, it powers up your orc army. Uh, it says equipping and upgrading these weapons and armor enhanced Talion's character abilities. Uh, oh. Loot chests can also contain XP boosts that level up Talion faster. Uh, war chests. So there's two types of chests. There's loot chests that have like weapons and armor for Talion. And then there's war chests that uh, provide orc followers of varying rarity to help forge a strong army. So you can you can get soldiers uh, through it. XP boost bundles package up loot bundles package up loot chests war chests and boost together at a great value. So oh great a great value. Um, 
I don't know. Our, our like group chat was very doom and gloom about this, but I've played plenty of games with systems like this where they were there, but they didn't matter. Like uh, the last Deus Ex, for example, it was bad for other reasons, but the the like transaction stuff really had no effect on the game. Like it didn't didn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, if if they're not like stingy about giving them out in the game, it's probably not a big deal. Um, I I don't min max. I'm sure certain, some people we know that really love min maxing the stats might have issues with it. <laughs> Um, was that is that someone who might be here i don't think so trevor's not someone you know you're not a min maxer trevor i'm not like one of those i like if i play like an mmo or something i will but it's not like i i don't get obsessive like people i know people who are like truly obsessed with min maxing you know nah, that's not me you don't keep like a spreadsheet though no no uh uh-uh. okay all right I, I was thinking of someone that we 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 know in our lives to jared oh i know exactly who you're thinking of mm-hmm. um but i don't think he would play shadow of war Oh God, no! It's um, not a MOPA or because uh, it's, it's too fun. Like, yeah, <laughs> he needs to needs to uh, spend his time in other ways. But uh, yeah, Shadow of War is um, uh, well, it, it's the it's the end of the game, so it's it's gonna be bad now. Uh, so you don't even have to play it when it comes out. Just ignore it and uh, don't even don't even bother because why bother? It's a bummer, but I I mean I'll still play it. I think I'm I, I'm more I'm more annoyed by people who are freak out about the the lore issues, and I just want to tell them to stop being nerds. It looks yeah. uh, it looks to me like I, I think it's going to be a system where they're basically going to set it up for you guys know the the term whales right in free to play mm-hmm. gaming. Mm-hmm. I think they're basically just looking for that. Like I, I think it's going to be a, a kind of cursory like side component of the game. I have I, I have an inclination that it won't take away from the main campaign in any way. I think it'll be kind of like Deus Ex, where like the options there, and some people are going to go in and spend a stupid amount of money on this game so that they can say they have the biggest best stuff, and the rest of us can just play it and have a normal experience and and not even know about it. I finished Deus Ex and had more experience points than than I actually wanted to spend. Like I didn't buy every skill, but I didn't feel like I needed every skill. Like a lot of them didn't look that great. And so I never felt at any point like I needed to pay to get even more experience. Like I was already able to buy everything I needed in the amount of time that I played the game. So as long as this provides a similar experience, I don't I don't care. It's fine. Um, it'll probably be at PAX. So we can try it. Actually, the very first time I played Shadow of Mordor was at PAX. And it was when I knew like this was going to be something that was going to be pretty cool. So maybe we can get a sense of it in a, in a few weeks. That'd be awesome. That'd be- be dope. I mean, the first one was good. I mean, I I really hope they don't completely fuck it up. Yeah, well, we'll see. All right, well, we're pulling for you guys. I think we're uh, probably coming up to the end of time here. Um, but hey, guys, if you're listening to this podcast and you enjoyed it, why don't you do us a solid? Go follow us on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. If you find one we're not on, tell us. We'll get on that. Uh, but go subscribe to our podcast. That would be fantastic. Go check out our website, enemyslime.com. If you're not already, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at The Enemy Slime on both of those services. Any final thoughts for the week? Baba Booyah. <laughs> Baba Booyah. That's a good one. I like that. That was perfect. You guys killed it. All right. I think with that, we are out. <laughs>